Good morning, everyone. So we're going to talk this morning about a talk I have called Recreating Eden in the Sand. A few months ago, I shared a talk on finding God in the darkness. I found myself in the story of Joseph. He was in prison, but was watching a plant grow into a strong tree. He was sat there accused of a crime he did not commit, but he cared for the plant. He nourished it and it grew tall and strong and up towards the light. It was a really hard time for us as a church. We'd, um, we'd just lost Jasper and um, our faith was, it, it was a testing time for our faith, but we took the faith that we had, however small it felt, and we tended it and we watched it grow even in the darkness. In the days after I spoke, uh, for me, God speaks to me through pictures and through images and uh, and worlds in my mind. And the picture changed and it felt as if I was out of prison and I was lying in the sand. There was devastation all around. People were running. There was fear. There was lots of noise. And I felt like I had no strength. Everything was unclear. And the sand was swirling like a storm in the air. I had the refrain. I don't want to go back to Egypt. I want to live in the promised land going round in my head. Something had changed, like there had been an earthquake, but whatever had happened, things in the spirit were bruised, but we were still breathing. I felt like I was in the in-between waiting for God to rescue me, like Daniel waiting for Michael or Jesus on the cross, waiting for God to achieve what he needs to do. This was just before we began our journey with COVID-19. Picture hasn't changed very much over the last few months. I find myself still lying in the sand. I haven't been able to look up in the spirit to see what's next. All I can see is what's right in front of me on the ground. As a human beings, we love looking at the big picture. But right now with everything that's going on in the world, the big picture is full of fear. And I think at this time, God is calling us to our knees. And as we look as what as we look at what is in front of us, we can see that he is beginning to create Eden at our feet. In the Bible, Eden is the garden where God walked and talked with Adam and Eve. It was bright and beautiful, and we tend to think that it was perfect. But rather than thinking of it as perfect, I think we should think in terms of ah, that Eden had potential. Certainly Eden was awesome, but the Eden we read about in Genesis 1 and 2 wasn't everything God had intended for his creation yet. From the very beginning, Eden was not meant to be static. It was headed somewhere. Adam and Eve were meant to start there and subdue the whole earth. As children of God, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. God is bringing his beauty and his life into our world, even in the midst of devastation. He is creating a place for us to walk and talk with him. And he is extending his kingdom through us. But how can it be that God wants to recreate Eden here and now? If we're surrounded by a sandstorm of the virus and fear. Because we know that God is good and he is good at bringing the best out of even the most difficult situation. 
even when it appears that everything is going wrong. Because as Jesus hung on a cross, it seemed to his disciples as if all hope was lost. But we know that he was sowing seeds of life. His death and resurrection led to true life and transformation in everything. Right now, there's a lot of distraction going on. Days can be overwhelming, like everything is bombarding us when nothing is actually happening. Each of us finds ourselves in very different positions right now. Some of us are busier than we've ever been, others lonelier than we ever could have thought possible. But it is the same sandstorm that is raging around all of us. But for each one of us, God has been very clear to me that it's not a time to look up. This isn't the time for the big. He says, focus on the small. Find the spiritual significance in the things that reflect him. He has put me in my garden. Now, for those who know me and have seen my garden, this will come as an enormous shock. Matt and Steph, you know, look, I've done something really nice. But I've been looking down, pulling weeds and roots out of the soil and planting seedlings. My garden is heaving, full of life. God says we're in Eden, not in grand gestures or through fighting wars, but by being good and kind, gentle and grateful, growing life where we can. He's given me a seat in the dust. Whatever is raging around us, the craziness that is raging around us could easily take my attention. And it's hard sometimes to keep my eyes down. However, as Sim was singing earlier, the victory is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And my role is to plant flowers in the sand. In Matthew 5, we find the Beatitudes. Reading them in the message translation, I believe they are pretty relevant for our time. Beginning in verse 3, they say, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. I don't know about you. Maybe you have learned a new language, have commit the Bible to memory and have turned crochet into a new art form for the 21st century. Maybe homeschooling is a dream or social isolation is your idea of heaven. 
because you've been on the phone to everyone you went to primary school with. I don't know. Or maybe there have been times in the past month, in the last day, in the last month, that you have felt at the end of your rope. I know I have. Well, take heart because Jesus says you are blessed. Now I hear the chorus of cries. I don't feel very blessed at the moment. But Jesus says, with less of you, there is more room for him and his rule. Human beings, we are very, very clever. We're problem solvers. We can think and make our way out of most any situation. It's how we've moved through history. We like to innovate. We're busy. We like to make things happen. These are unprecedented times. We're being told to stay home, sit down, be quiet. Doesn't sit well with us. And we're being told to do this with the ones we love the most, the last people we want to take out our frustrations on. But often we do because we're being told to do things and be someone that doesn't necessarily fit with our idea of who we are. Or we find ourselves out on the front line worried because this is not the job we trained for, or this is not supposed to how this is not how it's supposed to be. What if I get sick? Who looks after my family? But maybe we need to consider the possibility that we're wrong about who we are. Maybe what defines us isn't what we can do or what we think we should be doing. Maybe when we're at the end of our rope, God can actually meet us. Not perfect, not doing what we thought we would be doing or should be doing, but just us. The trouble with that is it tends to be the last place we want God to see us. Some of us feel that we have failed or we're ashamed because we aren't coping. Maybe we're just not too keen on the real me. But I will tell you the truth. God can change us more in the difficult times than when life is going really well. Hardly because we are confronted with who we are. This week, if you find yourself at the end of your rope again, instead of beating yourself up for not being enough, not good enough, or when we're crying for no reason or irritable again, Let's try turning to God and asking him to come into us, into the situation, to bring more of him and his kingdom rule. Let's use this moment to get on our knees and see God recreate Eden in us, to watch him plant another flower in the sand. I've been consumed with making paper flowers from books for the last few months. I've been recreating four novels. The first is The Hunger Games. The second, the classic Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Oh, I spelled that. Yeah. By the way, the, all about the way things were. A children's book, A Wrinkle in Time, and a book that is just your basic trashy romance novel. Each is a story we could relate to, some more than others. But as I've been recreating these stories into flowers, I've been praying because God has been showing me that even out of the most awful story, God is making something beautiful. He can take a life story which is sad or happy or old or new or mysterious and make something beautiful. It doesn't matter who we are, what we have or have not done. When we give ourselves to Christ, we begin to think differently. We begin to become that new creation he takes our story, no matter how hard or easy, makes something new, something beautiful. 
if we let him, God wants to use this time to do some more recreation in us and in our community to help us see things differently. But we start by beginning with realizing that God can make something beautiful out of anything, out of any of our lives, and not feeling that we have to live through this time as a perfect version of ourselves. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope, for this is where you find more of God and his rule. God wants us on our knees, planting flowers in the sand. And we begin by realizing we need more of him and his rule in our lives. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you embrace, be embraced by the one most dear to you. This is a time of loss, actual, awful, painful loss. There have been so many people who have died of COVID-19. And yet we have all lost something um, over the last weeks. My dad was in hospital and I was unable to visit him and find out what was going out on because everyone's busy at the hospital. Dad was alone. He's 88 and very dependent on me and his amazing carers. The whole experience left me feeling helpless and pretty desperate because my biggest fear at that time was that he would die alone. He's home now and doing pretty well, but the loss of that freedom to care, to love, to be there in his time of need was pretty intense. During that same time period, I received a text from the government telling me I was on the list of people with conditions who need to stay home for 12 weeks. I can tell you, I can really understand the phrase being at the end of your rope. It turns out that it was a mistake. But until I'd contacted the GP, I was left with this huge sense of loss of freedom. The freedom to go out. And I know many of you are in that situation. It's a huge loss. And not to mention for the rest of us, loss of schooling, loss of going to work, getting away from everybody, company or being dependent on your own situation. Oh, no. <laughs> Depend work or company, depending on your own situation, what we've all lost is our sense of normal. But God says we are blessed because it's only when things are different, when things change, when we're desperate, that we cry out to God. He is with us and in us all of the time. But at this moment, he wants to be especially close. He wants to embrace us and comfort us in our loss. And we need to not see that as weakness. We need to let him come close. Because in even the most difficult parts of our story, God wants to be with us. He wants us to fall on our knees, to let him embrace us and water the ground with, his, with our tears. For nothing with God is wasted. Not a tear, not a moment. He will use our tears to make flowers grow, even in the sand. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment that you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Adam talked about contentment a few weeks ago. And I sat there and I went, I wonder, is it possible? But I believe that we learn to be content by changing our perspective, by looking at the small and finding good in ourselves and in each other, by looking 
at the things God is doing and by being thankful. Contentment begins with slowing down and accepting that we can't change or sort or understand everything. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. If you want to learn to be content in these next few days, weeks, months, take hold of these verses, memorise them, absorb them and do what they say. Read them every day. You won't stop being anxious overnight. That's not the way the world works. But the scripture, this scripture, other scriptures like it are like seeds. We plant them inside ourselves. We water them, feed them, tend them, and we watch them grow. Take this time and find some contentment and be blessed. Let's fall to our knees, look for God and the good all around. And let's plant flowers to find contentment in the sand. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. Let's feed on the word of God. Let's pray. Let's spend some time in his presence. Whether this is the busiest time of your life because you're a frontline worker or the slowest time of your life, even one verse of scripture a day, a week, plant seeds of transformation, a seed that God can make grow. If your Bible reading might feels like a desert or a wasteland right now, then plant a seed. Be blessed and watch the flowers grow in the sand. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. Jesus says, we are blessed when we care. Every act of kindness or generosity or love, God sees it and smiles over it and blesses you for it. These are the flowers we are planting in our community, in our homes, acts of selflessness that rebound on us when we are in need. But we have to understand this is a two-way street. We all love to give, but our pride often gets in the way of us receiving. When someone offers help to you, before you refuse, remember the feeling that you get when you give. Don't steal that joy from someone else. We are called to be joyful givers and grateful receivers. Jesus says you are blessed when you give care and when you receive it. As we fall to our knees, let's give God our pride and self-sufficiency and let's plant seeds of love and care and kindness in the sand. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Let's look for God everywhere. The NIV phrases this verse as the pure in heart will see God. 
I think this is about perspective too. When we let God into our heart, we let him start to change us and we begin to see his goodness everywhere. Our understanding of what is, of what is important changes, what's significant changes. We start looking for good and for God in people and situations. We look for him and we follow him even when that's not what others think we should do. Like all the other things on the list, getting your mind and heart sorted, it's not a one-time deal. If your ability to see, see good in people and the world has faltered, or if that's something you'd want more of, then it's time to fall to your knees and ask God to help you put your heart and mind right. Be blessed. Watch God transform you and see him plant flowers in the sand. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Are you the peacemaker in your family or workplace at this time? Or maybe you feel more like a referee? Or do you feel like the counsellor? And Jesus said, you're blessed. Emotions are heightened at the moment. We're living with fear, but we aren't running for our lives. The wolf isn't at the door. He's in the, he's in the forest. So we live with the fear in our bellies. And sometimes it's hard to live with. But the love of God drives out all fear. And as we love others and show them how to live well, God's love throwing from us will change us, change the spiritual atmosphere, and in turn, the physical atmosphere we live. You are blessed when you're the agents of God's love and peace. We fall to our knees and we pray for wisdom. But as we do, we see God planting flowers in the sand. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Now, sometimes faith in Jesus isn't easy for everyone to stomach. I remember my choice to follow Jesus as a teenager was met by so much anger by my dad. But what it says here is true. My father's anger pushed me deeper into God. We know very little of persecution in this country. A nasty look a difficult conversation, a lost relationship. These things are hard to live with, but we don't live with the fear of torture or losing our lives. Jesus says you are blessed if your commitment to God provokes persecution. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed of who you are or your relationship with Jesus. Fall to your knees, pray for courage in those difficult conversations and see God make the flowers bloom in the sand. I believe that God wants to encourage us in this difficult time. Things are different, but he is still very much at work. God is creating Eden in the sand. Together, you and I and God are planting flowers. The continued transformation in our lives and in our community. Our stories may be hard or easy, light or dark, full of victory or failure, but we are all walking with the same God in the new Eden that he is creating. He offers to change our perspective, to tell us what is actually of value. At this time, we're called to look down and not up, at the small and not the large, to remember what it is that has eternal significance or physical significance today. 
Let's not give too much of our attention to the sandstorm whirling around us, letting it overwhelm us or distract us from what God is actually doing. Often it is not the big things that matter to God. He's concerned with our hearts and our characters. He's concerned with love and kindness, peace, patience, perseverance, the things of his heart. While we sit and wait for the dust to settle, while God is changing the spiritual and our physical world, let's remember that we are blessed. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would give us eyes and ears to see what you're doing and what you're saying. Give us your perspective on our lives and the ability to focus on the areas you highlight to us. We thank you, Lord, that in this season and in every season, we are blessed. I pray, Lord God, that as the sandstorm whirls around us, we would be able to see you recreating us, recreating our town, and know that you are good and you bring good out of all things. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings and for your love. Amen.